We're in. We're in. I'm scared. I'm scared to say anything because I know you're going to like cut it in weirdly or something. What do you mean cut it in weirdly? You just always take whatever the like weirdest thing is that I say and stick it at the front. I take, like it there. I take the bit that makes me laugh generally, like like last week's, right? Which is you going like, hey, and then pausing. And I just found that very funny. So I, I like to start there. But speaking of starts... Um, starts so my week this week we've both been kind of busy and yeah. my week's been busy with StrafeCon, and i can tell you what that yeah. is gwen if you are uninitiated i am curious because it's not like a con where people go and dress up as characters and stuff it's like an online thing right yeah so the basic idea of StrafeCon. Uh, for people that don't know i work with devolver digital as part of their streaming arm which is Devolver Public Access, and we, well, we didn't come up with the idea, actually. People that are way smarter than us at Devolver came up with the idea that uh, for the launch of the game Strafe, which, as of the time of recording, came out, like, yesterday, we they would send a bunch of codes to, like, big-name streamers uh, before release and frame it with the idea of, it's StrafeCon, the world's first online convention. And you can okay. watch your favorite streamers streaming it and all stuff like that. And everything that... about this already offends me. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yeah. That you call it a convention when it's just like a bunch of streamers playing a game is silly What's and a... funny. It's marketing, but I guess, right? I, I know, know, I know. But it's uh but anyway, I'm sorry, go on. It was it was work because you would go on strafecon.com and fucking guy that works with Devolver was some sort of wizard because initially we thought you could just uh paste Devolver public access and whoever we were streaming whoever we were hosting would appear on strafecon.com but it turns out that was not the case I managed to get in contact with someone at Twitch and they were like yeah there's no way to do that but the wizard at Devolver came up with some script that made it do it and I was like okay that's fucking so amazing well done website was hosting like a Whoever the top streamer of Strafe at the time, if they were playing Strafe and they were on our list and they were the highest of numbers, they would appear on StrafeCon.com. But basically, like my job for the week was pop into people's chats, drop some codes, say hello, stream when people weren't streaming the game, which nobody was on a timetable. So, because they're streamers, right? You can't like. If you're not paying yeah. them, you can't make them do stuff. So it's like, yeah, they do whatever they want. I've just got to fill the gaps. So doing that, and it was busier than I think it like we anticipated in terms of the amount we had to do. But mm-hmm. it, 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 I mean, we had a few big name people streaming it and stuff like that. That's and, interesting. Yeah. It was a slow week, so that was a good week to do it. Because there's definitely the high risk of like, if you did that at the same time that Horizon Zero Dawn launched or some shit... Uh, yeah everyone's gonna be playing that right yeah yeah like getting how do you you can't force a streamer to do anything you can give them a code and they can decide to play it a week later rather than yeah yeah so i'm i'm interested as an indie dev how this uh this went down for strafe like how did the marketing go down Uh, it sounds like you so you you gave out roughly how many keys do you think Jeez, um, probably about, I think Devolver probably gave about 20 or 30. It was probably 20 or 30 of like, I don't know, is StrafeCon.com still up? 
strifecom.com really? is still up. Yeah, it's like, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You just like focused on very big streamers? Or? Yeah, that was kind of the idea. Like, just send you just it out. You sort of hoped they'd play? That's kind of it. That, that was kind of, I think that was kind of the plan. Like, here's a pre release game you may be interested in. If you'd like to play it, that would be good. And that was it. And a, a bunch did. Some didn't. Huh. But uh, <laughs> like, yeah. but a bunch did, and yeah, it went it went okay. It was like, interesting. I wonder if that's the future of marketing—just key bomb Twitch streamers. Maybe I I don't know. It was uh, it's weird. Like I've been spending more and more time on Twitch, and I've been trying to. I feel like I'm always trying to figure out what, like, my groove is with that platform mm-hmm. because because a a big part of this was like four days of me being in streamers streams and you'd find some that i'd be like oh yeah i get this i like this this person's nice this person's funny or whatever but like sometimes it oh they would (laughs) it's like i'm so glad that this technology didn't exist when i was a teenager and that there would be some sort of capture of me just being a complete loud idiot on the internet oh god but, I know. but like god. 18 we had like diaries 18 loud idiot like oh god like when you think you're interesting and funny and like yeah oh. no nah, man some people you watch like, them and you just like, you, uh, like it almost hurts <laughs> I watch them like, oh <laughs> it must like these kids have no idea how much it sucks yeah like that someday they're gonna be going out like when they're 30s getting a job and their employer is gonna look up the dumb shit they said on the internet I when they know. were 18. It's oh, horrifying. There's that. And also, like, I always think of, like... Like, if you're a mid-tier kind of streamer, like... The, the sort of person... Because I another thing I always wonder about is... What are all these streamers going to do in, like, 10 years' time when there's no streaming? Like, the big-tier guys, you can see, they're already moving into, like, production and stuff like that. And... You know, with more and more video content being a thing, that's more and more of a thing people are going to want in this sphere. So that makes sense. But you get this mm-hmm. sort of mid-tier streamer that you think, what, like, what are you going to be? You're, are you just going to be working a regular job? Like, you're going to go into community management? That sort of thing oh, I wonder all the time. But that's also, everybody and everything, oh, especially no, I know, with the media. It's so, just, like, bloggers right now. Yeah, like, what are, who are the big bloggers five, ten years ago, and what are they doing now? That's an interesting thing. We should actually look that up. Mm. I'm curious to see what happened to the blogosphere. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the really good ones 2000s. transitioned in uh, other stuff, right? Like, yeah. You keep moving I mean, with whatever it's, the new it's thing such a is. Different thing to be to write a blog versus to to be part of a stream. Yeah, or to be you in know? a video. Like, they've writing and being in a video are two very different disciplines. So who knows? Like, I mean, the market moves. Everybody's got to be nimble and move with it. Uh, I mean, the upshot, I don't think people who are streaming or writing blogs are doing it for the, for the money and the security. I suspect they are in it for the, you know, fame. There's and that. The... There is a lot of that. In fact, there is, oh, geez. Like a most recent thing, like, again, because I have to be connected with this world, I, I have to see it. So Twitch, uh, recently released, uh, you know, they've got their partners, Mm-hmm. They've now We've got. We've been over this. Uh, That's still hilarious. But but the, the, the they've got affiliates hoodie. now. They've got affiliates. Did we talk okay. about that? 
No. Okay. No, what is this? Affiliates are like the tier below. So they've now introduced this thing where if you're a smaller streamer whose stream has more than 300 followers, which isn't a lot in the Twitter, in the Twitch world, and stream like three times a week, they send out an invite to these people saying you can be an affiliate. And what that means is people can donate money to you via Twitch. And they, they framed it as like, if you are on, if you are wanting to be a partner and you are wanting to, you're on the path to becoming a partner, this is like one step up. Like you can now get money officially through Twitch by people <laughs> oh doing the little God. bits thing. Now, now that that's a thing, right? And people would get that and they would be super happy about it. But then you saw some, some of the partners, some of that little click getting all like, well, it's not that good that you've got it actually. Oh, you're all getting really excited about this. It's not actually a big deal. I literally saw one guy tweet, you're still just as far away from partnership as you were before. And I was just like, yeah. and who the fuck do you think you are, Twitch partner? What does that fucking mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> don't get all up yourself now, pal. Wow. So there's, this it's, it's a the weird... The doggy dog world of uh, it's a, Twitch streaming. It's so apparently. clicky. It's so crazy yeah. clicky. It's like high school. It's really weird. Like the, And... That just like, because there was a lot of people I saw on my streamers that I'd followed that were not big partner streamers getting this affiliate thing and being super happy and stuff like that, which is like, that's cool. Because this is what you want to do. That's what you want to be. Like, so you're on that path, which is cool. And they were happy about it. But then seeing these people that were like, these people getting in my special club. It was like, oh, Jesus, you could not sound like more of an asshole right now. Well, they're kids. But like not all of them. Right? No, no. In fact, the person I just referenced is about the same age as me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> so this is. I always thought of Twitch streaming as like a hobby, and it and it's strange to me. Uh, not strange, but it's. I know some people get their livelihood off of Twitch and care very deeply what mm-hmm. what Twitch does, yeah. and uh, this kind of gamification of something that people view as their career Mm. at the moment is i guess scary like i would prefer it if it was if i was going to get involved in the twitch platform i would prefer it to be as transparent as possible i would prefer to know um that i could monetize my stuff and uh i would want to know like how many cents i get per view Mm. um and uh yeah, I, I mean, I can definitely see. I, I, as a dumb person who was not involved with Twitch when I first went to Twitch, I yeah. assumed like, uh, Twitch just let people have a tip jar there, um, and they took half of the ad revenue, uh, and they let you turn on ads if you wanted to turn on ads, and that was like it. I didn't realize there was a. Like, you can a have fucking hierarchy of shit. Yeah, you can have like uh, you can have a tip jar on there, but it's all external, right? So the, what mm. these affiliates can do is they've got this currency called bits. You have to buy bits. It's like Microsoft points for streamers. But like these little bits appear on screen if people set it up right, and it's like, oh, you just donated like a bit. I think is one cent. So people are like, oh wow, a thousand bits and stuff like that. But it's all uh, done officially uh-oh. through t- Twitch, right? But the thing is, like, it's it's all that being part of the club and being getting that prestige. But then to see the people that or- already have that partnership, they have the special hoodie, 
like shitting on people that are just got this other thing. It's like, oh my god, it's a crazy world. Like it's really, it's yeah, that's ugly. That's ugly. It is. I mean, the the world is getting the the indie community is getting more competitive. Not really though. I'm actually kind of impressed with that. Like, there's more competition in the indie space than ever, and there's. Mm more games on steam than ever and yet you still have in this indie community a group of people that desperately want to help each other yeah and uh you any indie indie meetup you go to nobody's just like let me tell you why your game's terrible and it will suck they're mostly like oh god man it's a little too late to market this game uh for the next one here's what i would do you do get people in the indie community who are extremely, extremely passionate and strongly believe in what they're doing mm. and will tell you, like, what you're doing is crap. The, on- the one and only way to make, it- to make it right now is to make a free-to-play mobile game. That's where all the money is. You should be in that. And you're mm. like, all right, Bob, shush. Uh, yeah, and- Bob, shut up. <laughs> uh, but uh, you- so you get strong opinions, but still it's a very collaborative and... and um, well, this is the thing. Healthy community. I think a lot of it's because we work together yeah. on different projects a lot. Whereas I, streaming is such like a, a solo. It's like it's weird. People what what people want, and we've discussed this before, is uh-huh. when you go a tw- when you go to a convention and Twitch have got their booth, they've got the partners lounge. You want to be in that partners lounge where people can see you. Because the partners lounge is always weird because it's not private. If it's some weird corralled area half the time, where, like you can't get in it, but you can see everyone in it, and it doesn't look. But that's where you want to be, and they've set it up like that so you can see all these partners. Ooh, ooh, look at them! I wish to be partners as well. That's super weird. I know, but like they like eat cookies and soda and shit. They like hang out and be buddies and like film each other all the time and stuff like that it's a vip section everybody always wants to be in the vip section Th- that is it. that is totally what that whole thing is and it's a weird like it was it, this with the whole affiliates thing it was probably the first time that because a lot of these people are very supportive of each other like streamers but mm-hmm. it was the first time that i saw that people in that click like shitting on people wanting to be in the click which was like hmm, okay so that's how this is. Right. And you always get that vibe. Like, a lot of... There's a weird... I guess because you go to these places and you get treated like royalty, but you're mm. kind of not outside of that convention. And it feels like there's a... <laughs> there's a... There's not a... I guess because they're younger, right? And you're getting that now. Like, I didn't get that until I was, like, 28. So I'd already been working. Like, just jobs. <laughs> yeah for ages like like for about 10 years like just regular ass jobs and then you went to a a convention and and they gave you like free t-shirts and shit oh my god i'm a god now but like you're (laughs) you're like well aware that that shit does not translate when you're anywhere else except specifically Uh, in this building but there's i don't know there's like a dude let me tell you about gdc so there's like three so there's three kinds of conventions, right? E3 is coming up. That's like a convention for marketing. There's mm-hmm. the conventions that are for the fans, like PAX. Yep. Purely for the fans, right? Uh, and then there's GDC. Uh, and there's a couple other conventions. Other conventions obviously fall somewhere on the spectrum between these three. Like, uh, But GDC is purely... Hopefully it stays this way, but it's purely for the devs. Like, yes. 
The devs go there to learn what other devs are doing and hang out. And everyone else that comes there is there to appeal to the like HR people who are trying yeah, to hire devs, devs or yeah. middleware people who are trying to sell their stuff to the devs. Mm. And when you go there as a if you happen to be wearing like an irrational hoodie back when I worked at a, on Bioshock Infinite, yes. you get treated like a god. It's amazing. People, not just by, I mean, the other devs is, are awesome and you talk to them and, and like there's professional respect there, which is cool. Mm. Uh, but like by when you're walking around the, the show floor, for instance, middleware companies really want to talk to you about yeah what physics engine you're using and why you should be using Havoc rather than uh, the default one that's in Unreal. And, like, uh, it's just... I I believed, because I have been to so many GDCs, that most conventions would be like that. <laughs> and I remember the first time I went to E3 where I was the help and how fucking jarring that was. <laughs> just being being at a convention and be, I was gonna... <laughs> I thought I would waltz into my first E3. Um, Queen of and, E3. Hoisted I, well, on I, shoulders. Here she is. I assumed I'd fly out there. You know, I'd work during the day. I'd work the booth. And then at night, obviously, publishers and middleware companies would want to take they me out. want to know you. Yeah, yeah. Pay me fancy, you know, buy me a fancy dinner and some drinks. I like. I just thought that was just what would happen. Didn't even and bring I got your there wallet. You were just fucking ready. No. <laughs> Dude, it was unbelievable. I, uh, I remember I went there. I was working... Okay, I have several stories. Mm-hmm. I remember my first E3. I was working um, in the in the Microsoft booth, and they they do an amazing job at a lot of their events, uh, especially the pre-show events. I really loved working with Microsoft. Yeah. Um, but it, at E3, they didn't have like a lounge or any place to to like sit and have a water. And yeah. when you're working these shows. You stand for eight freaking hours yeah, you do. talking to people for eight hours mm-hmm. about a game. I, I have no way of telling you just how exhausting it oh, is I've when you're showcasing it. a game. Not yeah. specifically a game, but showcasing a thing at a convention. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. It's fucking We've tiring as fuck. <laughs> so, like, I took, I, I like, brought a bag lunch because I realized I wouldn't. I was the only one and I, I had to eat. So I like bought some lunch ahead of time mm-hmm. and I had a sandwich just under the thing. And uh, noon comes rolls around. I'm like, hey, where can I where can I go eat? And they just kind of look at me and they're like, I don't know. Um, and they look around the show floor and they're like, um, well, I tell you what, what we've been doing. The security guard uh, for this back door will let you back in if you want to yeah. go out and sit next to the dumpster and eat oh, in the parking lot. I have you have no idea how much I've even as a stage presenter, you live that life, Gwen. Like that is. Knowing the security guard is going to let you back in because you want to go outside and sit by a bin. <laughs> That's fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I, I knew it would be work, but I didn't realize it'd be like, work. Like, I thought it'd be work, but then, you know, you get you drunk like and you have nice... Yeah. Like, I, at GDC, uh, I've, I showcased a game at GDC. Other devs would come up and be like, hey, I'm back to you. You know, I, you know, I knew everybody there. Mm. E3 was just like a bunch... I mean, it was... The press don't give a fuck about your little indie game at E3 because no. there's real games being announced. <laughs> Sony's got their... The E3 real is games. almost not even about games. E3 is about the meta that is um, publicly traded companies trying to get in the press more than each other, yep. right? It's the fucking E3 is about hitters. Sony's catalog of games versus yeah. Microsoft's catalog of games. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so you're just nothing when you go there. Yeah. It's fucking you're amazing. You're ready for E3, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've, I've uh, actually just 100% confirmed that I am going to E3. Um, yeah. Same thing. We're going to be on uh, Devolver's lot again. And yeah, prep's beginning for that soon. So in fact, we're having a meeting about that tomorrow as the time of recording. So, yeah, that's all happening. It's another stage show, and it, but it's in a parking lot next to Hooters. So, you know, <laughs> last year, it, la- my E3 experience is very different to everyone else's because I know, I know some people that are now going for the first time, and two of them have messaged me being like, do you have any tips for, like, E3, like, covering it? Because, obviously, press people are mostly who I know in the UK. Right, of course. And <clears throat> I'm just like, not really. I was like, I was in a parking lot for like four days. Like I've got, <laughs> I had a stage and I didn't even go in the building. Like I never went inside E3 itself. So my experience is very different of E3. I got, yeah, I, I bet the press get wine and dined at E3 pretty aggressively. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, yeah. It's uh, like, because I went to a couple of the uh presentations so i went to microsoft and sony's presentation and mm-hmm. yeah uh when you sony like I, well we've talked about it before how my impression was sony were telling you we've got money bitch like, and it like, <laughs> good to well, know that's what they're uh it's there to Im- impress, impress investors you. not that investors yeah. are going necessarily but the media yeah you want to be it's about they, they want you to be impressed and it had the weird opposite effect on me but like <laughs> I found Microsoft's one much better because it was much more just like, your seat's there, sit down, now's the show, off you go. And it was like, cool, that, that, you know, nice and easy, in and out. I got that done. It was a lot of fun. Whereas Sony's was this whole elaborate, like, and you wait here and have some food that's on this turntable, like carousel as it goes around while people play music <laughs> over there. And then you go in this grand hall and an orchestra will play. And it's like, Jeez, get on with it, lads. Like, <laughs> I get it. You got a lot of money. Like, I don't. <laughs> oh man, the, but that wasn't uh, just me. But yeah, it's. EA, it's if you what? ever go to the EA Redwind Shores office, yeah, you walk in and you're just blown away because there's this massive TV, like the biggest TV I've ever seen, uh, right at the entrance to EA Redwood Shores, and uh, I they have all this this awesome looking shit there, and mm. I realized at one point it's just. They bought it for E3, and they're like, well, now we've got a real Fuck big it, TV. we got it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to put that somewhere, I guess. Shit, put it there. That'll look cool as fuck. Why not? What are we going to do with it? Sell it? <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, man. Yeah. It's where all these massive statues you see in front of these game... Uh, these... Basically, people commission these incredibly huge statues for E3, at least they used to. And then afterwards, they're like, well, now we've got a real big statue. We've got a... St- 12 foot tall master chief what do we do with him <laughs> guess we're gonna put that on the microsoft yeah. campus somewhere. do we just prime in the bin that feels weird <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah e3 though like i am it's we're ramping up into prep and yeah it's it's very different from most people's because we're exhibiting but we're exhibiting on our own terms like it's it's very Ooh, you're not on the show floor rebellious yeah it's it's but yeah like i say because of that it's a very different experience i'm in a last year i was in the parking lot all day it was oh it was like cause la sucked i hated la it was a horrible <laughs> city that 
I just had I think no most people fun feel in. This way. Yeah, it turns out I found out like most people are like fucking LA sucks, and it you does. go there because the work's there. Yeah, like I have no, re- I I have no like Boston. I fucking love Boston, and I can see myself going there like without a convention being there. Like one, I mean, I know you, you're there, so that's a factor. Yeah, but also, it's that just pretty like, much brightens up any city. But that's true, the Gwen Frey factor. But Hell like, yeah. it's. It's also a really nice city. It's also... I like just walking... I mean, it was snowing this year, but the year before it wasn't. It was all nice and warm. And I just yeah. loved walking around. Like, I'd, I spent a day just walking around the city, like, with no aim. And it was great. LA is like a hellhole. And I have no... I did not want to go outside because I would... It looked like I would be killed within a hot minute. And also, there was nothing there. <laughs> I was like, what, what do I do? The weather is perfect. Like that's the thing you got. You got the perfect weather. They um, it's also a sprawl. So each part, like Santa Monica, feels very different. From you know, yes, I'm, yeah. We don't want to make this podcast about how to enjoy LA, but no. like, uh, where the convention is, maybe not the most awesome part of LA. And you had a bad experience because you're like working and in a parking lot under you know the what, though? hot sun. This parking lot though, because we were on the a stage that XSplit built and. Because they were producing everything, expert, and mm-hmm. I was with both of them. And so I was under, like, a giant sort of tent thing all day. Like, open on all sides, but I was under that all day. So I didn't have the sun beating down on me. If I wanted to go to the bathroom, Devolver rent these, uh, what are the name of these, really luxury trailers that have air conditioning. Airstream? Is it oh. Airstream? So Maybe? it's no porter potty. This no, is like a real. It's a really nice bathroom, and it's Dude, it was all the difference. Yeah, so much so because I'm used to doing conventions where you go in those public God. bathrooms, no matter what you're doing. And this was like I had to walk f- rather than being like, okay, I got a half hour break now. Like this is my break between doing all the hosting. And yeah. that half an hour is going to completely be taken up by getting to, going to, and coming oh, back God. from the toilet. I know. So it's just like, dude, that, that's I it. have. I have an E3 bathroom story. Oh, please. Is- because my, my E3 bathroom stories are fucking amazing where it's just like, I'm just going to pop over there right now in between talking to people and I'll be back in like two minutes and I can also wash my hands, give my face a little God. wash, dry with a nice that towel. That amazing. It- Everybody should be in this parking lot. Gwen, if you go to E3, come to this parking lot. There is free, like they've got free food and like a proper food truck there that makes like an afford it because they didn't pay for e3 booth space we also got a dj like dose one playing all day free drinks oh shit oh it is there's like a whole massive area for people to sit outside and just eat food and drink stuff and oh it is the best one but anyway your e3 bathroom here's a real real story okay it's the second day of e3 it's before the show starts um the exhibitors get in an hour early which you always want to take advantage of because you can go around and like talk to the other exhibitors it's the only time you actually get to like talk to other devs or whatever Mm. uh try out different like i got to try out all the vr headsets so i'm there i'm there it's a i've been there for a good 45 minutes really gotta pay right Mm -hmm. Uh, i want to pee before the the show starts optimum time you gotta do it then or just accept the the crush the ladies room is on the other side of the sony booth oh um and i'm working the microsoft booth yeah and i'm i don't have a Microsoft hoodie or anything. I don't even think it was that. But the uh, Sony people would lo- not let me walk through their booth to get to the really? ladies' room. And I tried. I know. So I tried to go around. And I realized I couldn't oh, go around. That's bullshit. They've literally sectioned off, like, 
they the closest ladies room which was closest by like a mile a mile but like like they they literally sectioned it off and i couldn't walk through there until the show started and they had like bouncers and security to make sure i couldn't walk through i literally couldn't pay like until the show started so i was furious we're gonna have camaraderie gwen as exhibitors we're all working together like we're we're all doing this let's help each other out i thought that was the unwritten code I'm like, I understand you don't want me walking through your booth, so you're going to make me walk around your massive booth. That's one thing. But when I take the time to walk around your massive booth and you've actually sectioned off the hallway, so I like, I literally can't get, no one can get to the ladies room unless you like go out of the building and back in or some shit. That's ridiculous. I stole so much shit from Sony's booth. (laughs) You have no idea. Like I went in. I, I took the hit. PS4. Hey, uh, <laughs> I got <a> TV. <laughs> I pretended, like, after the show started, they, I, I started keeping track. They brought in, like, ice cream sundaes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they were serving soft serve in their little cafeteria in their lounge. So Shit. I would, um, I got really good at kind of half covering my badge and just walking into their lounge like I worked for Sony instead of Microsoft. <laughs> nice. Uh, and just, Fucking like, gorge. I got, I did. I did. I got ice cream four times. The fourth time I didn't even want it. I threw it away. I just got it to like deny someone else ice cream. For revenge, Gwen. They're going to be dicks about the bathroom. Then, I mean, I know you like to hoard your things that you can get at any sort of show. Your uh, pocket full of granola bars was a classic. (laughs) This is at PAX East. For anyone that doesn't know, I met Gwen and it was like she had a pocket just full of granola bars. So I was hanging out in that, you know, that Twitch thing you were talking about? Yeah. Like I... Uh, some of my friends work for Twitch, so like I was, um, I I was hanging out back in their stock room, mm. and they were just like, "Take as many granola bars as you want." And I was like, "Sure." Yeah, sure. So I grabbed like seven, not realizing who they're talking to. <laughs> and I, what do you mean who I'm talking to? No, not realizing who they're talking to. You're you're thinking oh, I'm me. gonna feed yeah. myself oh, for a God. month. <laughs> oh yeah, free granola bars. Fuck it. Like so, I grabbed them. I actually walked around and I handed. I looked for indies that were like super tired. Yeah. Because I know like the people have been working the booth all day and like maybe got a fifteen minute break to pee and are dying. And I just I was like, hey, are you all right? How are things going? And if they kind of like their voice was sore, I gave them a granola bar. I gave away all those granola bars. <laughs> God, I I, them out. Angel Gwen. That's the nicest thing in the bar. world, though. But yeah. Anyway, it's like fucking Robin Hood. But yeah, conventions are happening soon. We'll, I, I imagine we'll have... Are you going to E3? I don't think you have any reason to no, go, right? No. I've got busy preparing. I've got nothing to show this year. Yeah. It's a good year. Yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, I imagine we'll have more to talk about in the run-up and conclusion of E3. Plus there'll be all the cool oh. games and stuff being announced. This has been a fun podcast. Thanks for talking to me, Chris Light. No problem, Gwen Frey. Also, ladies and gentlemen, do make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're Dialogue Box Cast on there. And if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that, give us a review. Why not? It all helps. And tell a friend. <laughs> this has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.